Hey, hey, it's Andy Amos, and you're listening to Pod Slammer Jammer now on the official Pod Slammer Jammer YouTube account. PSJ is now officially owned by Let's Reach Coos. We're super excited for the next direction. If you are watching this video, hopefully on YouTube, please be sure to subscribe to the channel and obviously, of course, give this video a like. Support us. That is a simple way to support us, and it, it takes a second right down there. Um, on this episode, we will be talking about Final thoughts on UHUTSA, especially in regards to head coach Dan Alverson, what he thought of the O-line and using Clayton Tune in the run game. And Dan, what else will we be talking about? In the second segment, we're going to talk specifically about the defense. We got quotes from Doug Belk, the defensive coordinator, and their senior captain, middle linebacker, Donovan Mutant. Third segment, we're going to dive into the matchup with Texas Tech down in West Texas. But like Andy said, make sure you hit that subscribe button, like, and comment. We need you guys, and we appreciate all the support, you guys. Let's get into it, Andy. the penalty. Look at the time he has it. Look at the throw and catch. Tandell touchdown Cougars. Drexel. What a pass to Anders. McCain followed. Josh Andrews inside Roberts. He throws it down for the Houston lead. Six steals in the first half. There's Blair with the steal. Picked up by Cam Jones. The offensive class so tough. And that's third game. Two possessions. Sasser tries and he hits. Tune has the receiver open. Touchdown, Herslow. They call the five slamma down. So, Dayon, right, uh, let's get right into it. And one one quick thing that you did mention before we did that cold open, like you said, thank you to everyone that has already subscribed. Uh, last time I checked, we were really close to 100 subscribers in less than a day, which is a really, really good start. We actually, now that I just checked it, we just crossed 100 in less than a day, which is super, super helpful, super encouraging, and 900 away for our goal, so we greatly appreciate it. But enough talk of the subscribe button, which is right down below. But getting straight into the matchup, obviously, of course, um, everything, all the eyes when regarding the University of Houston comes off the heels of Saturday's performance against UTSA, which is just an absurd game, just in the way everything ended up playing out. Obviously, of course, the, the ending was absurd with triple overtimes and Clayton Toon having the diving go-ahead two-point conversion uh, over the, the UTSA uh, defensive back and, and just being able to make that comeback late in the game after trailing by 14, really scoring 17 unanswered points in the fourth quarter. And, Dan, before we get into any of the clips, what were your main takeaways uh, from Saturday's game against UTSA? My main takeaway was the poise of this team. Um, they look like a veteran team, and they look like a team that definitely take that next step in regards to not giving up, not quitting, playing play-by-play, play, and just showing that resilience. Um, that was some of my main takeaways. The defense kept fighting, the offense kept fighting, and they kind of leaned on one another. And when offense made a play, the defense made a play. And it all came together, special teams, all three phases of the game all really did their part. And But the main thing I took away was their resilience. That team in years past would have found a way to lose that game this year, new team, new leadership, and veteran leadership highlighted by Clayton Toon, and he definitely took over their game and led by his resilience play. Absolutely, and I think one thing that uh, it's been new with this team, and this is the first time that I've heard, apparently they have a new model that they live by, and Dana Horwitz touched on it during his availability on Monday. Clayton Toon repeated it and kind of reiterated it 
on Tuesday when he talked to reporters and he said um, the motto that Houston lives by this season is when, when they're even, so when the score's tied, the, the, their motto is to execute and compete. When they're down, their motto is to not panic. And when they're up, their motto is to not coast. And like you said, against UTSA, when they're down 14, they certainly didn't panic and they took advantage. I think that's the most important thing. They took advantage of the, the mistake that UTSA did, which was, I mean, they were able to get stopped on the fourth and two when Houston was in its own territory, they gave Houston a first down and they made them pay because after that play, they took control of, of the momentum. They went down the field, they scored, cut it to seven, and then the defense made plays. And obviously, of course, um, we'll, we'll get into more specifics about what happened towards the end of the fourth quarter and into overtime. But overall, I think, like you said, that was a tough, really first test for Houston on the road in the Animal Dome, which uh, there were just under 40,000 people there, but they were certainly really, really loud, which is something that Clayton Duke touched on. It made it it made it difficult for Houston to be able to do a lot of stuff they wanted on offense, in particular uh, playing up-tempo is something Clayton Toon said. Um, obviously, of course, when you talk about the offense, one of the key uh, groups for Houston was that offensive line, which um, was a bit shaky in the first three quarters, but uh, to their credit, they were much able to clean up uh, the mistakes that they had done in the first three quarters and the fourth and overtime periods. They did a really good job of protecting Clayton Toon and being able to give them time to, to make plays. What did you see from the offensive line? I saw the same thing. I mean, a, a, a group that stayed poised. They made mistakes, false start penalties at times in which they wished, I'm sure they wouldn't have had them. But when it came down to it, that group came together and they followed their assignments, stuck to their keys, and they blocked up and, and they made the right plays. I mean, game one, um, some new starters. I know some guys have experience, but some new guys um, in positions in that environment in which um, you, you can tell kind of maybe first game drills, whatever the case may be. When it, but when it was all said and done, that group did what they needed to do as far as allowing Clayton Toon to give him time to make plays, allowing him, him time to extend plays or when things broke down, he was able to get outside the pocket and use his legs. But overall, I think that group will get better and I think they will learn um, from that week one matchup against UTSA in which I'm sure they feel they didn't play their best game. So they will, well, they, I'm sure they feel that they know that they can get better along from their mistakes. And I think their lead up there, Patrick Paul, uh, Paul he, he's going to, he's going to lead them. And also Jack Freeman, the center as well. I think both of those two guys are going to really, really help get better against this tough test coming up this weekend. You heard what we thought about the offensive line. Here's what head coach Dana Orson had to say that group on Monday. Uh, three quarters didn't block very well. Um, you know, just inconsistent. I, I'm critical of, of not just the offensive line, but yeah, our blocking on the perimeter wasn't very good either. Uh, our backs need to do a better job in pass protection. They, they waited back too much, and <clears throat> UTSA's full steam ahead and stuff kind of caved the pocket in a little bit. But um, it, there's room for improvement. Okay, uh, it, it, and it really comes down to consistency. I, I, we have guys that can that are capable of of, uh, of blocking better and playing well, playing better together. Um, just needs to improve. You know, UTSA got after us. Um, they got after us, and and I was we we didn't we didn't we didn't shut down. We didn't quit. We didn't panic. Um, kind of got it together, and then the last you know the last. Uh, quarter 
and a third or whatever it was, we, we played a little better. So right there, we didn't shut down. We didn't quit. We didn't panic. Um, going ahead just to the model that they're kind of going into this season, um, I think that that gives a lot of confidence and something you didn't necessarily hear in that quote, but what Dana Horson said during the ability that, that they show that they can execute. And it's not about a matter of they're struggling where they look lost out there. They were able to put on film that they can block. I think a lot of it probably had to do with one, that environment, one, it is week one. So there's a lot to build on. But obviously, of course, that key, the key for the offensive line, like Overson said, will be consistency. What was your takeaway from hearing Horson speak? Yeah, the main thing, and that was one of the words that I was looking for, was inconsistent. They were inconsistent, but when it came down to it, um, they were able to do their jobs and help lead the team to victory. And so I think that there's much to learn from. I think they can put – they need to want to put on film going against a better team in a better environment against Texas Tech that they will have to put better – performance on film and be more consistent throughout um, all four quarters. I mean, if they can do that, I think they'll be able to run the ball better. Clayton won't have to use his legs as much. And then you have more time in the pocket where he won't have to extend plays as much. So overall, just more consistency, just like head coach Dana Hogan said. For sure. And when it comes to the offensive line position, and not the offensive line position, but offense overall, another thing that Dana Horson mentioned is that they have to get a lot more from the running backs as well, not necessarily on the ground, but being able to chip in and block on in pass protection. That was one of the other areas that Horson mentioned. But obviously, of course, when it comes to the offense overall, and kind of going back to what we mentioned at the top of the show, it's unavoidable to talk about the play of the game, which, like we said, it was Clayton Toon diving for that two-point conversion. But, you know, something that we saw a lot of in that game against UTSA with Dana, uh, Dana Hogerson was Clayton Toon having to make a lot of plays with his legs. And he actually ended up being the leading rusher for Houston in that game. He had ended up rushing 15 times for 51 rushing yards, which, again, led, led the Cougars against UTSA. Is there any concern you know, long-term? Uh, it, it's interesting that you'll hear it in a clip in a second where Toon was asked about it. But Dana Hogerson said he, he wishes to be more strategic when it comes to those runs and not necessarily put Toon in harm's way. He even gave an example of how um, the starting quarterback for Texas Tech got injured in week one, trying to be able to create something with, with his mobility, ended up injuring his shoulder. No, not really much of a concern to me because I, I think the Brandon Campbell looked really well from, from what I've seen. So I think with Tejan Henry, if he can stay more healthy or with any of three of the backs um, that play, whether it's Snead, Campbell, or Henry, I think if their offensive line just give them more avenues, more holes to run the football, I think they have a better um, output as far as yards goes. But I think they were effective enough to make UTSA be honest. At the same time, you, you have to respect Tank Dell. I mean, regardless of the running backs are, are – um, effective running the football, you still have to pay respect to Tank at all times. And also Matthew Golden, but of course Tank is going to always drop most of the coverage because he is who he is. But not really as much as concern. You definitely don't want to see Clayton take a lot of hits and especially with his um, injury history. Most of it has been tissue injury with hamstrings and things of that nature. So, I mean, he's tough. He's smart. He's going to get down. He's not going to take hits. He really didn't take any big hits in that game. And so, really not much of concern for me you definitely want more output from the running backs that way is more of a two-headed of attack and less of Clayton Toon running but I think that just brings a different element to the offense his ability to run which is going to make the defense have to play um have to play him and his ability to run football 
For sure. And I mean, you mentioned in the first touchdown of the season for Houston came off a play fake or where they faked a run. And then Nathaniel Dill was wide open in one-on-one coverage and was able to beat um, in the out route. So that just shows how even just a threat uh, is going to create a lot of opportunities, not only for the Houston offense, but for Tactile specifically, which like we mentioned, it's going to be a player that they're going to look to, to, to for him to be more involved, not only against Texas Tech, but obviously, of course, throughout the season. Here's what Dana Horizon had to say about Clayton Toon using his legs. Uh, yeah, uh, defenses dictate that. You know, I mean, <clears throat> UTSA's plan was to drop a bunch of people and make us be patient. So when that happens, you don't have anywhere to go with the ball. You got to extend plays. You know, and Clayton does a good job of that. Um, you know, they were pretty stout against the run. You know, with their <clears throat> inside three. Uh, so in the in the in the quarterback run game. Uh, we had some things designed, uh, which we will use in critical situations. I think he's a big proponent of that. You know, if that gives us the best chance to get a first down or get a touchdown, then we're going to do that. <laughs> so once again, uh, Dana Holgerson right there talking about Clayton Coon. I think that's interesting. Like you mentioned, going back to, to kind of having that dynamic and being able to have that threat where Clayton Toon can – not only uses legs, but can really cause a lot of problems for opposing teams with using his legs. And um, we're going to transition right straight to Clayton Toon talking about that because it's something that he likes, and the the mindset. And I think this is something that's really going to be the focus of this clip. It's just that Clayton Toon doesn't necessarily see it as, oh, I'm going to be looking around, I'm going to be looking past. He's looking to make the winning plays, which um, honestly speaks volumes of where his mentality is this season. Um. Really, just like exactly what he said, just um, I'm going to do what I need to do to win the game. And if that involves me running the ball, then I'm going to do it. I'm not ever going to shy away from carries or touches, um, you know, just to save myself. Um, I would like to, you know what I mean? I, I would like to, in a perfect world, throw the ball, you know, a bunch of times, throw a bunch of touchdowns and really not ever have to run it. But, um, that's just not how football is. You know, there's a lot of bullets flying everywhere and you got to be able to make plays. And um, that's, that's when it gets fun is when the play breaks down, you kind of just freelance. And it's at that point, it's backyard football. Um, so just if the game um, works out that way and I have to, I'm more than happy to. So any, any way I can help my team win. Overall takeaways from, from hearing uh, Tune's comments right there. Yeah, just brutal honesty. Whatever it takes to win, whether it's running the football or passing the football, you know, as a quarterback, you you want to pass it, like you just said, in his honesty. But if it, if it comes down to it, like you said, that's when the fun happens. It breaks down this time, whether it's run or extending the play, the routes, route receivers just break off their routes and just get open. And so that, that that's the fun aspect of it. And so, I mean, I, I like what I'm hearing for Clayton Toon. I mean, I definitely could tell – that he's taking that next step in every aspect of his game to prepare to preparing to accuracy to decision making and to his just want to win the will to win that I should say and so I mean I, I love what I'm here for Clayton and I think running the football when you got a quarterback who can do so and when you have the numbers in the box like a lot of teams like I just mentioned and like coach Hogerson mentioned are going to play coverage you have the ability to get a running back out in front of him that gives you the extra numbers inside the box that way Clayton Toon can have that extra room to get those first down yardage or to run it in like you've seen um, in the game against UTSA and so that element that Clayton Toon brings is something that teams are definitely going to have to prepare for
for sure. And I think the the more uh, thing that Houston will hold its head against and is really happy was that they were able to rush in total for 140 yards. And like you mentioned, Brandon Campbell, um, something that you mentioned, something that Dana Holmesen talked about, how he really liked uh, the rushes that he saw from him. He was really yeah. right there with Clayton too in terms of rushing attempts. He rushed 15 times and was just right under with 49 yards. But I think overall they take that um, as a team rushing for 140 yards. And like I said, it adds that multi-layer that it eventually is going to open up the passing game, which is what Houston wants to do. And especially, you know, looking into Texas Tech, one of the things that Clayton Toon said mm-hmm. is they're going to be they're going to be looking to play much more up-tempo, and that's going to be a big part of it, um, being able to get up and down and, and have a successful rushing attack, whether it be with the running backs or, like you mentioned right there, Clayton Toon's not going to be scared to make a play for himself, uh, for the team, if it's going to benefit the team, and he thinks it's going to be the right play. And one thing I see for Brandon Campbell was it was often times where it was nothing there, but he's able to make that first defender miss and make something out of nothing and finish runs. And so those two things, what, what I've seen that stood out to me, and I was like, okay, he's really, really toting the rock and running hard. And so I, I think it's the 100-yard game coming from him brewing quickly as long as he gets those touches. More lanes, I think, in the open field, he's going to make that defender miss, and he's going to finish runs to get those extra two or three yards. I really, really like what I've seen from him. Then Tajon Henry, we know what he can do when he gets out in the open field. He didn't get as many carries as a little nicked up, but, you know, he's going to be hungry against Texas Tech. And when he gets out in the open field, he's very elusive. He can catch the ball, can run hard, like Jack Freeman mentioned last week and his availability that although he's short in stature and height and weight, he still runs the finish, runs hard as well. And so I like the three-headed tack. You definitely can tell we miss Alto, but um, there's, there's no drop off i like our running backs i definitely think brandon campbell really really stood out to me from what i saw and that's going to do it for our first segment coming right up on fox family jamma we'll focus over on the defense and what uh, defensive coordinator doug belk and donovan mutant uh, what their thoughts were on the defensive performance overall against utsa don't go anywhere you're listening to pod slime jam Continuing on here on Pod Slamma Jamma, Dayana and Andy here, of course, moving on. But before we move on to our next segment, make sure you subscribe. We now have full ownership of the podcast, and we want to reach our goal of 1,000 subscribers. So it only takes one second. Make sure you guys like and subscribe. We appreciate all your support. But let's talk defense. Um, the defense did live up to the standard in which they set for themselves, feel like they gave up too many points. Let's take a listen with, with their captain, middle linebacker, Donovan Mutant, had to say. So to answer your first question, how do I take the first game defensively? We gave up too many points. Uh, that's not our standard. Um, they're really, really, really good. I'm not taking anything away from them. Um they're good enough to where we're not being who we need to be. They could beat us, and it almost happened. Um, but just the confidence in our unit and who we are every day, they weren't good enough to go to overtime with us if we did not shoot ourselves in the foot as a team like we did. They're really, really, really good, um, and they made us better. Um, so take nothing away from them and their preparation and their coach, man, they're They're solid, man, hats off. But um, too many self-inflicted wounds, too many missed tackles, excuse me, too many, too many MAs, too many bad alignments, too many bad eyes, too many, uh, on my part as well, not hustling it as much to the ball. Man, we can just get so much better. Um, 
So that's how I take it defensively. How do I take it as a team? I'm glad that happened week one because it's going to make us better for any other encounter we come into. Because going triple overtime week one is everything you don't really expect. You expect to go in there for a war. We knew these guys weren't going to lay down. They're really good, and they're really hard to beat, and they're really hard to beat there. So we knew that as well. Um, but I'm very glad that that happened, and I'm glad that we continued to show that we can fight and that we got some grit and we have some texture to us. So I think that's a very positive thing. That's how I see it as a team. No, I think to emphasize in that clip um, what you said before we went ahead and, and heard of you, and I think er, that's the reason why Donovan Mutant's a captain right there, just hearing him talk. And I, I think it's interesting, the, the main takeaway that I got from that is, you know, he, he gave props to UTSA, but it's much more of a, a mentality where the Cougars feel that everything was in-house. And they made a lot of mistakes, and, and they did. We touched on it. Uh, we touched on it on Let's Reach Cougs immediately after the game on the post-game show on the, the Houston Rob RU YouTube channel and, and a little bit on our previous episode with um, um, the talking uh, tailgates guys. But you know, there was a couple of times where it seemed like, I mean, from missed tackles in the secondary to Zach said, it seemed like the, the the Houston defenders were just on the verge of being able to get Frank Harris, but were just a second late. There was a couple of times where I believe, you know, some players were missed flat-out sacks that they could have had on Harris. Uh, but I, I think right there where you hear Mutant say it, I think the the expression that he said where he's glad it happened week one, it's kind of a yeah. uh, maybe not necessarily a wake-up call, but it's something where they're going to – it's a good way for them to kind of get thrown in the fire week one. And now, obviously, we've touched on it. It's going to be a back-to-back tough opponent, back-to-back tough atmospheres, you know, going into Lubbock. It's going to be interesting to see how the defense um, kind of responds and, and what kind of adjustments they make against Texas Tech. Definitely a learning experience that not a lot of teams have in week one. I mean, going to triple overtime game. But I think focused on primarily closing out the game. When you get that field goal to go up, what was it, 24-21, I think, in the fourth quarter. And I can't remember the exact time, which I have. But 23 seconds. 23 seconds. You expect the defense to be able to close out and not allow UTSA to drive down the field to tie it up to a go into a three-overtime game. Credit to Frank Harris, credit to their entire um, offense and their ability to do that. But from the defensive perspective, you got to hold yourself accountable to not allow that to happen. And I'm sure that's what Donovan Meaden was speaking of and feel like they could have done a better job of closing out the game. And so defensively, um, like you said, I- I'm glad that they had a tough test week one and on the road especially because in this Saturday in West Texas, in Lubbock, they're going to be on the road in even a tougher environment. And so, I mean, I think definitely for a learning experience. And we heard from associate head coach and Doug Belka, listen to what he had to say about the quarterback, because they're going to face another tough quarterback, dual threat quarterback as well, um, Donovan Smith. Let's hear what the defensive coordinator Doug Bell had to say about Smith. And I think he's – a really good player that's very talented and is only going to get better the more that he plays. 6'5", 230, <clears throat> has elite arm talent, uh, can run as well, so that's always a challenge. And then when you look at him, he, he is the backup for them right now, but he's been a starter before. You know, he ended the season for them playing the last four games, so uh, I don't see much of a drop-off. I don't see change in preparation um, at all. I think we got to be ready for a guy who's dual threat, who can make all the throws and put those guys in the right play and in position to be successful. So the challenge will be great, but I think he's a really good player. 
You know, honestly, Doug Bob's comments kind of mirror what uh, the tailgate talks guys would um, were able to talk about when, when it come. Obviously, their starter was Tyler Shubb, but you know, when Smith was able to come into the game, they said that you know they felt like there wasn't exactly a drop off. Maybe there were times where Smith could do everything that that should could do, and at times maybe the playbook was even expanded. And one of the other things that's going to be a, a focal point for Tech and, and really it's going to be interesting to see how Houston defense is going to be a key to determine how successful the Houston defense is, is how well they can handle that up-tempo style because that's going to be something that, that you know, we're going to have, I believe, in a clip where Don Meaton's talking about Tech, tech specifically in our next segment. But that's one of the goals that, that the Tech, they're going to try to go get up and down the field, try to push the pace. And really try to exhaust Houston defense, which UTSA did a uh, did some of it during Saturday's game. And there was times where Houston defenders looked gas, looked gas, especially towards the middle of that third quarter. So it'll be interesting to see, like you said again. Uh, honestly, this probably couldn't have worked out any better for Houston, where they got a really really tough test week one. Yep, and not only that, they got a, a really good test with a mobile quarterback. And with Donovan Smith bringing that, I, I'm wondering if Texas Tech will add some of that into their playbook, more read option, more quarterback option to allow him to design runs outside of we know when the pocket breaks down, he can extend it because Frank Harris really, if you want to be frank, he killed Houston um, with his ability. He had a 50-yard, if I'm not mistaken, I know it was at least 40-yard touchdown run um, down the field against the defense. And so um, the defense is – it's going to have to be on all their keys. I think the D-line is, is really going to really have to play even better than they did, although they got a lot of pressure. Um, they affected the quarterback. They didn't get as many sacks, but they definitely affected the quarterback, making him move, making him step up in the pocket, get different throws. And I think that's the recipe um, that they should have this weekend. You want to pressure Donovan Smith, make him be erratic, be quick on throws, and not allow him to sit back there and, and pick him apart and not allow them to complete pass, to get into their rhythm in those up-tempo. And so one way to do that is incomplete passes, defensive line, maybe got to bat some balls down. If they can't get there, get your hands up. And also the linebackers got to rally to the football and tackle better. I think those receivers against UTSA did a good job of breaking tackles last week. And so Tech got some experience, receiver experience, O-line, and some very, very explosive running backs in which probably could be the best running back duo in the country. Yeah, real quickly before we fully transition over to Texas Tech, I want to leave off with one more uh, soundbite from Duck Belk and really talk where he talks about it's kind of a process. He mentioned it, how obviously, of course, all the talk's going to be and how good the defense was last year. They have stuff they need to clean up after week one, but kind of his goal is to continue to build on and and not necessarily focus on that one game Uh not allowing one game to define what this defense, his identity is. He's still working on continuing to build that identity the game well, um, was able to get on and off the field, transition well, made some big big stops early in the game. Uh, we did not finish the game well, obviously, in a two-minute drill. We got a lot of things to clean up, um, you know, from personnel to substitutions that, you know, that's only I'll get that, that cleaned up. And, you know, our guys are motivated. They thought we could have played better in times, and they know things we did well and things that we need to do better. So that's our focus for this week, uh, just focusing on our uh, upcoming opponent and focusing on what we need to do to get better each and every day. Is all that stuff you referenced a pretty easy fix? Um, you know, it's everything is a work in progress, you know what I mean? And, you know, everybody keeps talking to me about last year. And I, I've said this many times that we have a different team and we were trying to create an identity for this year. 
uh, the biggest thing. I mean, we got four guys in the NFL off our defense last year right now, uh, and it's a great opportunity for new guys to step up. Saw a lot of things that we liked, saw some things that we didn't like. So for us, it's just trying to, you know, continue to build that identity. And as I referenced to our defense, we're at the foundation level of building uh, something great. So we got to do things to continue to build the foundation and, uh, you know, play smart football and, and, and be great in situational football moving forward. Continuing to lay the foundation. I think that's kind of the, the go home quote there. But I think interesting when you put everything together, what you just heard from the Belk and the Mutant specifically, this is a defensive group that not only are they led by veteran senior leaderships. So when you think of Donovan Newton, you think of Derek Parrish, who, by the way, he, we, we've kind of touched on it where he played through Saturday's game with a broken finger or a cast on. And, you know, something that, that we, um, you're not going to necessarily hear on any of those clips, but Donovan Newton said that there was, no, you know, doubt when Derek Parrish got surgery that Houston knew that Derek Parrish was going to play. And I think that just adds to that fuel of not only is this Houston team, you know, the leaders on this Houston team, they're committed to their goals, but certainly that's got to be an igniter when you see one of your veteran guys being able to fight through um, an injury like that and not necessarily keep them out. And, and it's something that Derek Parrish said, you know, they saw Peyton Turner uh, a couple of years ago. He played with four fingers throughout the four or broken fingers throughout the season. So it's something that it's kind of uh, going back to the word uh, for Houston, the culture that they've already established. And that kind of shows, you know, where the foundation was laid and then kind of continuing that going forward. Not only it kind of plays into the edge and the aura of Derek Parrish. I mean, just tough um, leader. And when you think of him from the outside looking in, that's what I think. I think tough, energetic is going to bring that grit. And so, I mean, I had no expect, I had expectations of him playing through that and also playing in Welch and which he did that. I think he made the play of the game in my opinion was the, the tip pass and which led to an interception because UTSA had the opportunity to drive down the field and extend the lead back to a, a two possession lead, but he made that play when Houston was able to get the turnover and capitalize on it and tie the game up. And so without that play, who knows how the game's ended. And so um, the defense replacing, I think, what, four guys in the NFL? Uh, it's tough to do. It's a new year, new group, but the standard is the standard in which you hear them say a lot, and they hold themselves to a high to high standard, and they have success. You heard me say this before. With success becomes expectation. Now they expect to be good. Uh, now they're going to have to put it all together. Got a great test, great experience in week one, but now you got to take that next step. Week by week, you want to get incrementally better, and I expect the defense to play better um, against Texas Tech. And that's a perfect segue right there because coming up on our final uh, segment, we'll talk more specifically about that Texas Tech matchup. Uh, what can the Houston players expect on the road in that hostile environment in Lubbock? And what can we expect more from Texas Tech's offense? Obviously, the main focus is going to be on the running backs. Once again, you're listening or watching to Pod Slime and Jam. Don't go anywhere. Still talking football, of course, the fall season. Week two, very excited about this matchup, man. A must win for me, um, a rivalry in my eyes. But Texas Tech, we got to start in the backfield. I think they will have probably the d best um, duo backfield with their two running backs. One of their running backs ran for over 100 yards last week. And so um, Houston's going to have to focus on stopping the run, try to make Texas Tech – 
one-dimensional. Let's hear from defensive coordinator Doug Belk on how good these two running backs are for the Red Raiders. Yeah, I think regardless of who the quarterback is, those two guys are two of the best running backs that we'll face. Uh, statistically, they're the best duo of uh, production coming back in the country. So the challenge will be great. And, you know, Brooks last year had a, over 100 yards rushing on us last year um, in, a, in, a, in a very competitive game. And uh, so Roderick is just as talented, maybe even more. Uh, so, you know, combination of those two will be very difficult for us. So uh, knowing where those guys are in the run game, um, and then if you look at Thompson, he had a big play in the pass game in the first game as well. Uh, made people miss an open field, ran a guy over, uh, spin move, touchdown, right? And then you look at Brooks, he was able to get in the end zone a couple times. So, you know, the moment the moment is not going to be too big for them. They're going to be looking uh, to be aggressive and they're good players. So we have to do a good job of containing them, being physical at the point of attack and don't let those guys get going uh, because they're very capable of hurting us in a lot of different ways. And uh, they, they'll find uh, creative ways to use those guys. So we got to be ready for everything with those two guys. So, like Doug Belk said right there, obviously, of course, uh, a two-headed monster in Texas Tech when it comes to their running backs. And uh, something that Doug Belk said there, and you touched on it, that when it comes to those two backs, they're going to be the, the best duo in regards to touchdowns and rushing yards that Houston sees all season that they were able to accomplish in 2021. And obviously, of course, Houston has a first-hand experience of what Taj Brooks can do, um, especially what he was able to do at NRG Stadium a season ago where he rushed for over 134 yards and had two rushing touchdowns. Uh, so what's kind of obviously the, the game plan is going to be to try to limit them, but uh, what can you expect from Houston defense now that, that we've noticed that obviously they're going to be focusing on that? Uh, I think the front seven is going to have their work cut out from I think they're going to have to play discipline. Um, you got to read your gaps, stay in your gaps, and, and win your matchup. I mean, you, you can't allow Brooks – or um, their other running back to get off because what that will do will enable them to get into their hurry-up offense. If they're getting five or six yards a carry, that's able them to get back to the line quickly. And then what that also does is then enable their play-action passing game that make their um, linebackers have to key in on the running backs, bring suck them up just a little bit, and allow Donovan Smith more window to throw the ball over their head. And so you want to make them one-dimensional and try to limit that running game and force Smith to beat you and not allow those running backs to get off and kind of shrink the field up and, and force them to have to throw the football. But also the offense it can help with that as well. I mean, because if you get, get a lead, you kind of force them to throw the football in which they got a new offensive coordinator. He, he, he wants to spread the ball around. He wants to take those deep shots. He wants to play um, – fast but with a purpose and so uh, I can't wait to see this matchup see the game plan from the defense and from the Red Raiders offense yeah, so Roderick Thompson is going to be the other back that he didn't play in week one against uh, Houston in 2021 with the injury. And obviously, of course, it, like you mentioned, I think something that even Dana Horson mentioned during week one leading up to UTSA and how really the priority is for them to establish the run game and control time of possession. I think there's going to be an interesting scenario where, yes, obviously, if Houston's able to control time of possession, they, they'll they take that and they'll probably have the benefit of it. But, you know, when it comes to an offense like Texas Tech where they're 
they're not necessarily worried about controlling but trying to be able to put up as much points as quickly as possible i think that's going to be the biggest thing for this houston defense is being able to limit those chunk plays and and those really big plays not only on the air but when it comes to rushing and and with those two backs i think the most dangerous thing is you know, they get for for the most part they could be uh the defense could do a good job of containing them 90 percent of the, the time but if 10 percent of the times they're you know run up for a 20 yard gain 15 yard gain there that's going to be brutal and it's kind of like punches in a boxing match where eventually they add up and it just takes that big knockout punch and obviously of course playing in a hostile environment whether it's a big run or uh, uh, a play you know it could be off a of play action where they get a receiver open and once that place gets really loud obviously houston's going to be at a disadvantage so that's going to be something to keep an eye on and it's going to be a tough challenge because it's much easier said than done now, one key thing, like you said, is like a boxing match. And um, when you got two running backs, so as good as they are, and, and they can weigh down on you, especially later on in the football game. And so it's going to be early to try to limit them early and try to make them get away from running the football as much as they would like to, to where they were effective. But like Doug Belk just said, both both of them are effective in the passing game as well. They can catch it out the backfield. They can get out in the open field and make people miss. So you got to be on your keys. You got to wrap up and you got to tackle. And that's one thing in availability that Doug Belk said um, that the team has to do a better job of tackling. Too many missed tackles in the yeah. open field. And like Donovan Mutant said, they have to do a better job of rallying to the football. And that's one thing that you saw last year. Whenever the ball was, you would see four or five red shirts um, rallying to the football and making a tackle. And so things like that, Houston's going to have to be on all their P's and Q's and not allow the re- Texas Tech to be able to open up their full offense running and passing the football effectively. You got to take one away. Yeah, and then, uh, again, going back to what Donovan Mutant said about the UTSA game, I think that's going to be an advantage that Houston has going into it because you know, it was kind of wake-up call where they had a lot of assignments where they, they were missing tackles. They couldn't bring them down. And when it comes to those tech, two Texas Tech backs, you know, <clears throat> arm tackles are really gonna when are really gonna hurt Houston if they can't bring those two to the ground because once they get to the second level into the secondary of the defense, they're gonna be really dangerous. It's gonna be really tough to stop them. But here's what Donovan Mutant had to say about Texas Tech and about those running backs specifically as well. I mean, from last year to this year, we can't even really watch last year's game versus I mean, other than the players because they don't have those coaches anymore, so their schemes change. Um. The offensive coordinator is a very young, nice guy. He's cold. He was at HBU. He was at Western Kentucky. So his offense has pride themselves on tempo, getting as many plays off, getting as many points off as possible. Um, that's what they pride themselves on. And so, uh, I mean, we're going to have to defend that. We're going to have to be ready for that. We're going to have to be ready to weather the storm that is tempo and uh, not give them what they're looking for to let the, let the tempo continue. But, man, they're really good. They got they they they're rolling right now, you know. So take last year and just throw it out the way. They got some of the same players. They got two really good running backs. Statistically, the best running back duo in the nation. If you look at yards and touchdowns, it was those two guys. Um, and so they're really good, man. They got talent. Starting quarterbacks out, next man up. He's a guy as well. So there's nobody that we can look at lighter than anyone else. Man, they got a great head coach who I've known about for a long time. I don't know him personally, but. People like him wherever he goes, um, and his players play really hard for him, and he's a winner. He's a good dude from what I've heard. A lot of my teammates were coached by him, and uh, 
lot of my friends who are at Baylor, they uh, told me about the guy. So, I mean, they, they got a, a guy in front of them that's going to lead them that I'm pretty sure it's easy to get behind and play hard for, and they're going to play hard for each other, and they're not going to want to lose, especially to us, especially after coming down here and doing what they did to us a year ago around this time. So we're going to have to prepare at a high level if we think we're going to go up there and get a win, which I think we can, certainly. So we're going to have to be ready. Once again, that was Donovan Mutant. And, you know, uh, it's interesting to hear him talk about the, the coaching staff and specifically about Joey McGuire and how really, from what he's heard um, from some of the other players that he knows, how really there's a lot of trust in his ability to be able not only to establish relationships with players, but kind of be able to get people to believe in him and, and, and truly kind of you know, galvanize people behind him. And it's something that, you know, going back to, to – the, the podcast we had earlier in the week uh, with uh, tailgate talks and, and what um, Brooks and, and Dustin said, and, and that was just really not only it's interesting from a player perspective, but even from the fan perspective, that, that new coaching staff, there's a lot of optimism in Texas Tech and, and that, that plays a, a big factor in it. What say you? Yeah, it plays a big factor in it. And one thing they talked about, about the coaching staff was, his involvement with the fans on social media, engaging, and you sure that trickles down in the locker room, engaging with the players in which um, that makes them want to play for you, things that um, Coach Doug Belk and Coach Hogerson do really well for Houston. And so I I can't wait for the matchup. I I think the fan base for Texas Tech is going to be excited. New year, new head coach, new leadership. And um, if you watched our last episode, like they talked about, they're very excited uh, about – their head, but coach, because he, he's not like the previous one that they had who just focused, who are offensive minded, that I should say. He's more of an overseer of both sides of the ball. And I, I think the fan base really like that. And I think they're going to enjoy him. He's recruiting really well, but um, he's going to have his work cut out for him. You got a ranked Houston team coming in to Lubbock. It's going to be a really, really electric atmosphere. I wish I could be there live, but I, I can't wait to tune in. It's going to be on Fox Sports One, and so uh, I'm excited, man. I think the defense is definitely going to have to show up. My eyes again, like last week, is going to be on, in the trenches. Which team can dominate the line of scrimmage offensively and defensively, uh, and kind of have their way? And so I think Houston has the advantage on both sides. And but I, I want to see this tech. I know um, they were able – they gave up a couple of deep passes against Murray State, so I think Houston will throw the ball more than they did last week. But I think they're still leaning on the running game, but I think we'll see Clayton Toon maybe temp, maybe 30 to 35 passing attempts this week. Yeah, for sure. And then obviously, of course, you know, heading into this matchup, it's going to be crucial. Um, like I mentioned earlier in the show where Clayton Toot said kind of the emphasis for Houston is going to be to play a more up-tempo style. Um, I think that the last thing that, that I want to touch on you mentioned was uh, that battle in the trenches. And, and really, it all boils down to consistency, which, you know, from the Houston perspective, can both the offensive and defensive line be, be consistent? Obviously, of course, you know, when you think of Zach Ave and the Houston defensive line, you know, they made plays in the fourth quarter when it counted, like going back to Derek Parrish, you know, breaking through being able to, to get one of Frank Harris's best to pop them in, in the air and ended up getting intercepted and, and setting up Houston in prime position where it took them one play to score. Um, and then, again, going back to the offensive line, they were able to be really polished up in the fourth and overtime periods. They can do that for uh, an extended period of time and for a consistent basis against Texas Tech. I, I'm going to be free, feeling really good 
about Houston chances now if it's much more the same where you know they struggle they get off to a, a slow start like they did against UTSA it might be a long night especially in that atmosphere on the road they might not be able to overcome it this time let's say you yeah, I agree with everything you said. I think it's going to be vital to get out to a faster start and not play from behind. But, I mean, you have to love um, the experience that they had in last week because of if that, that does happen, they're they're not going to be um, they're not going to be shocked. They're not. They're going to stay poised. They're they're going to know that they they can come back. They have the ability to come back, and they're not going to be rattled. And so, I think. It is important to get out to a good start, but at the same time, it's important to not beat yourselves, whether it's penalties, whether yeah. it's misplays, whether it's um, uh, missed tackles or anything. I think you want to force Texas Tech to beat you. You do not want to help them, especially with the ab- with the atmosphere that they're going to have. And then the up-tempo. They want to play up-tempo. I, th- I think that might be smart because you can just go on a silent count. You don't have to focus on um, – Playing tune, calling, or, or saying, hey, you're just going to solid count, get back to a line of scrimmage, look to the sideline, get the play call, and then just execute. And so I, I, I like um, that, and hopefully they can win on the early downs because one thing Houston is really good on, and they did really well last week, is executing on third downs. They always be in third and manageable situations, third and four, third and five, third and whatever. And so as long as they can stay ahead of the chains and have those third and manageable situations offensively, I think um, that's going to bode really well for them. Defensively, they have to do a better job um, this week of getting off the field on third down, in which they were really good last year, but that was last year, new team, new defense, and so they got to do a better job getting off the field and, and forces Texas Tech to punt the football and not allow them to have long drives in which that up-tempo and that fatigue, like you talked about earlier, can weigh on the defense because Houston likes to sub in, in and out. And that's the good thing about college football. When one team offensive subs in, the defense has the team um, the chance to match that. But if they're running up-tempo, you, you got to try to limit that and, and, and just make plays when the opportunity presents itself. And that's going to do it for today's episode. So once again, if you haven't done so already, please be sure to subscribe to the new Pod Slime Jamma channel. It only takes a couple of seconds. You could go ahead and do it right now um, and make sure to like this video because it does help with the YouTube algorithm. And once again, thank you guys all for the support. For those of you that have already done it, be sure to follow us on Twitter at Pod Slime Jamma and uh, be sure to tune out, tune in to Let's Rage Cougs uh, approximately 10 to 15 minutes following the conclusion conclusion of Houston, Texas Tech, regardless of the outcome. I'm sure it's going to be another fascinating show. And once again, that's Let's Rage Cougs presented by Five Star Properties. Big ups to our primary sponsor there. And as always, Dan, I'll let you say the final word. Hey, man, it's a big week for the state of Texas. Bragging rights. We lost the last couple of matchups. So cool fans, we're going to need you to tune in. Um, travel if you can. We can't leave the episode without saying go Cougs, baby. <laughs>